Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth of PaleoParents.com. You might also know me as the broth lady or the inventor of the hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. I'm the co-author of several paleo cookbooks, including Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, Real Life Paleo. I like to talk about health at any size and self-love and personal acceptance. Specifically, I have a love for lifting heavy things. If you're interested in finding more out about that, you can also find me on Strong Woman Radio. And I'm Dr. Sarah Valentine of thepaleomom.com. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Approach and The Paleo Approach Cookbook. I'm passionate about nutrient density and the intersection of diet and lifestyle with health, which really means I just love talking about science. News and Peace, where Sarah and I catch up and you get to listen to our gossip. Someone's not feeling well. Okay, so I really just don't like to admit when I'm not feeling well, and I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, so I wish that I could hide the fact that I wasn't uh-huh. feeling well, but I'm 100% sure that people can hear I don't it think you've been. I don't think you've been saying that well. I mean, like, the injury thing has been clearly, like, has clearly impacted your quality of life, but I think that, I mean, we've podcasted, both of us sick before often in a limited capacity which what this show is going to be because I want you to be able to look after yourself and get better but I think it's really important to um you know be honest with people that the paleo diet is not like a magic cure all it doesn't mean that you're invincible um you know it does strengthen our immune systems and it does give us a much better ability to fight things off we certainly as a family get sick less frequently but we still get sick and um you know some people do find like magically they go paleo and they never get a cold or a flu ever again and I'm jealous. I don't think that is the average experience. I think, you know, we're still human and there's still, you know, bad germs and other horrible things that can happen to us. And, you know, we're not, we're not, we paleo does not make us all Superman is what I'm trying to say. I agree with you. I also, I'm not that upset about this one because I think I mentioned like two podcasts ago that Cole had gotten strep because he started wrestling, right? That's not something I imagined. Did I tell you this, right? I don't. Okay. So if you did, I no longer recall it. All right. Either one of us is losing it, but (laughs) this started. Probably me. This started originally a couple of weeks ago because Cole got strep and we're pretty positive that he got strep because he's wrestling and there has never been a more uh there has never been another sport where they are sharing more bodily fluids i'll just put it that way it is it is really intense we don't need to go into any more detail than that so what i'm trying to say is germs um germs are happy on the wrestling mat and um so he got a really mild case and he did end up going on antibiotics because it was strep and we didn't want it to get worse. But um, in general, like, you know, he only missed one day of school until the antibiotics kicked in and he was like, fine. He didn't have any problems. And then the other boys, it kind of like everybody got the same kind of thing where it wasn't super crazy. And 
I didn't get it. I just was like, woohoo, look at me drinking my broth and kombucha. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. And I was in my head, not actually being all braggy. And then this morning, um, this happened. So eventually <laughs> my immune system gave in. And now I can only assume that I have strep. I have to go to the doctors tomorrow. But um, yeah, no, it doesn't feel good. And um, I asked if we could just do a short check-in show because um, it was Thanksgiving and you had people over, I had people over, and we already pushed the show. It's so funny because last week's show aired on like Thanksgiving Day for subscribers and like Friday for people who don't subscribe on iTunes. By the way, people, if you want to get sort of like early access to our show, subscribing on iTunes is the only way to do that. It also um, just like magically shows up and you don't have to worry about remembering right. to do it. So uh, just as a little plug for subscribing on iTunes. Um, but like we recorded that like before all the craziness started. So people were listening to it while they were in the midst of all the craziness. We were like super high, happy, blah, blah, blah. And now I think we're both like, yeah. Thanksgiving was a lot. I can't believe how much we packed into our week off this year. Like normally when my family has time off, we do the little like, I don't even want to call it a staycation. We just don't do anything. Like it's maybe we catch up (laughs) on some jobs around the house and we all kind of like, it's just, I don't know, we sleep in. We, I don't even know what we do. We play in the yard. Like it's, it's so low key and we tend to be very like, low ambition when it comes to like time off I think it's really funny that you just said that you're low ambition for any period of time I I believe 99.9% of all of our listeners would not agree and the 0.1% is someone who wasn't paying attention (laughs) okay so low ambition how about let me qualify that low ambition in terms of like family activities travel um you know, those types of experiences. I am a, I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word workaholic, but I clearly have uh, career related ambitions. And I do, even when the kids are off work, I do find as much time as I can to work and actually find it more of a struggle because I try to focus more on them. They're home more. And then I end up working later after they go to bed and then I get run down. Like it's their, their time off school is sort of a harder, harder sort of uh, schedule for for me to try and figure out how to do all of the things that I want to do, and that might be why during the day we're like, why don't we all go hang out in the backyard together? Like it's the types of things we choose to do. We're, we're, we typically aren't going out to restaurants or going to, to you know touristy type things or choosing to travel but this particular week off in part because my mother-in-law has been visiting and in part because uh the Crandalls came to visit us for a few days it, we ended up doing like we went to the Georgia Aquarium which um we had we had gone uh oh gosh i think my youngest was like she was uh you know the kind of toddler that just runs away so like 15, 16 months old, just a runner, just a like, I'm not afraid of a billion people and I'm just going to disappear on you every six seconds. Um, and my oldest, this was pre-paleo and she had sensory processing disorder and she was terrified of lights and sounds 
and <laughs> enclosed spaces, which was not very conducive between those two different types of children to an enjoyable time. So I had said, I'm never going there again. It was awful. I didn't like it. And then time went by and I realized that maybe there were some other factors leading into the experience. We decided to go again and we had a great time. So clearly it was a good choice. Um, but we, you know, we went to a playground. We had, uh, we went and saw the Nutcracker Ballet with the kids, um, the full, like full production. And um, we went on a couple of different walks. We had, you know, the Crandalls come over, which was an amazing amazing visit and the kids play so well together it's like like it's it's just painful that they live as far away as they do and um you know, we cooked the giant feast and uh there's still leftover turkey <laughs> because we used we- the last of our leftover turkey today in a turkey soup which is my second serving of turkey soup today and um as much as i love thanksgiving and turkey and all that kind of stuff. There comes a point where you're like, okay, I need to eat something else. So we have been having it. I am not joking for lunch and dinner every day. Are you not at that and, point yet? Um, so I really like turkey. I mean, what happened was like we ran out of the side dishes after the second day. So yeah, we've been too. doing different sides. And then it, to me, then it feels like a different meal. That's kind of how I cook anyways. Like I'd rather cook two roast chickens at the same time and have chicken for five days instead of cook one and have chicken for two days. Um, so, but what happened was because we had 12 people for dinner and we all wanted leftovers and I knew the Crandalls were staying and the idea of having to cook that many more meals for eight while they were here um, was like scary for me. So I was like, let's do two turkeys. And Russ was completely like, yeah, let's do two turkeys. We should totally do two turkeys. And then we did. So do we have a turkey, turkey show, like showdown? And I cook one and you cook one or rest. You do the turkeys and I do everything else. And we're like, oh, let's not be competitive. So rested both turkeys in the smoker. And I just did all the other, you know, the desserts and all the side dishes. And it worked great because just taking like the turkey off my plate made cooking everything else seem very, very relaxing. And then all he had to worry about was the turkey. And he was like super excited to not have to make anything else. Um, but two turkeys was really excessive. So we had a, we had a 15 pound turkey and an 18 pound turkey, and we carved up the 15 pound turkey for for Thanksgiving dinner, and we maybe ate two thirds of it. Like there was leftovers of that turkey, and then there was a whole 18 pound turkey left over. It was like I I um, carved up all the turkey meat that night. It took me like 45 minutes, and I had five giant containers in my fridge. It was. It, but it was delightful because dinner tonight was the first the first meal I've cooked uh, since Thanksgiving dinner, which is a, it's a wonderful thing to say. Yeah, we're we're back on our making meals stuff. We've just been using the turkey to do that, like you're saying, and um, fortunately, this is the the last of the turkey. Although we'll probably get a bird in like you know a few days or whatever, just because. <clears throat> they're usually available affordably this time of year and then um we can cook it and save the meat for later or whatever but um will you do that or will you throw it in the freezer and like save it for for christmas no we don't eat turkey on christmas because we do christmas brunch so um brunch different thing. thing and <laughs> we're um 
we're going to dinner with um, Jennifer from Predominantly Paleo for Christmas dinner because we always cook brunch and then our families, because we have um, parents who are all like divorced and different grandparents in all different directions and stuff. And so everybody comes over for brunch, which is great. And then um, they leave and we like are just kind of stare at each other and are like, well, what are we going to do for Christmas dinner? Because we're not cooking after we just made that huge brunch. And then we usually just end up eating leftovers or something pathetic. And so because Jennifer's family is Jewish, they're like, oh, we have this tradition where we go to Chinese restaurant for Christmas dinner. And I was like, yes, I will be tacking my family onto your Jewish tradition. Um, So that's what we're doing. That sounds awesome. Now, do you find, do you have Chinese restaurants where you can get gluten-free? There is one. Okay, I'll take that back. There's two. P.F. Chang's has a gluten-free menu, and um, that is, it's not, neither one of these are very good options for me, just because there's, like, red chili oil hidden in a lot of things, and also, I react really strongly to cornstarch, so... Mm. um Oftentimes, the gluten-free Chinese foods just use cornstarch instead. Of I have flour. a really big problem with soy. So if they <clears> use <throat> even if they use tamari soy sauce, that's usually really inflammatory for me. Yeah, but we found this this one that I went to on my birthday called Duck Chang's, and the like general the like the big manager of it or whatever has either I think it's like a sister or a close friend who's celiac, and so I had a huge birthday dinner there and ate off of like a bunch of people's plates who all ordered gluten-free Chinese dishes and I mean I didn't it definitely was not like good for me (laughs) but I didn't react nearly as much as like when I had eaten uh, the P.F. Chang's kind of stuff so um, I think they're careful about cross-contamination and that kind of stuff in this one particular restaurant. That's where we're going because Jennifer has the same kind of issues as me. So that's totally in the weeds and details. The point here, just like, so I'm just curious. And I think, I feel like that's the kind of question that 17 out of our 21 listeners <laughs> wanted me to ask as a follow-up. They're yeah. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How I need can to you know more about this food? Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Because for me, that was how like my family got together is my grandparents, um, you know, my grandfather prided himself on knowing authentic Chinese food and going into these restaurants that were um, run by, you know, Chinese families and getting all of the off-menu stuff that normal Canadians wouldn't find intriguing because they're made with all kinds of, you know, fish eyeballs and stuff like that. And, um, I just remember the fish eyeballs. I, there wasn't all fish eyeballs. I don't want to like now. I will, I will admit food. to taking you to a restaurant and feeding you fish eyeballs when you were here. There you go. See, I like the fish eyeballs. You what did. Can I say? Um, and as, as a kid, like the, the side to this story, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so adventurous with food now is like, it was the badge of honor in my family to be that kid who wasn't afraid to eat the weird thing. And there'd be, you know, I had three uncles. So, uh, and three, like the kind of like bully tickle monster type uncles. And I I love all of you guys dearly, but you guys were kind of mean when we were kids. I'm just saying that to all my uncles now, none of them listen to the show. Um, but, but they would all be like, you know, they would all be like teasing you to to goad you into like eating whatever this weird food was. And so because of that, there was such a like 
Yeah, it was basically like a pride associated with like not being intimidated by these foods. And it forced me to try a lot of things that turn out to be delicious once you can get past the like mental aspect of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe believe I'm eating whatever non-traditional Western food it is, right? Like we get so easily into our comfort zones because there's a lot of foods that are traditional in many parts of the world that we never, ever see in Western countries. Um, so because Chinese food is such like a big part of my childhood, like I'm always curious, like, where can I go get some? Because for me, it's I just if I really want a Chinese dish, I have to make it right now. I'm, and I'm scared yeah. to venture out into my neighborhood and see what's available. I would say that that's going to be the best approach for most people, especially if you're super sensitive. I just when we make it at home, it's such a production that we usually only make like one or two things that are I want to say oh, yeah. like special, you know what I mean? Like it's not they, like doing like 10 different dishes like you might get in a restaurant and then doing like a family style kind of food, which is what we did for my birthday. And it was like amazing. And so how I found this restaurant, how people can look, if you're, if you're not in an area, you know, that's kind of a metropolis, so you're going to have more problems. But I do a lot of just Googling of like gluten-free, whatever. And a lot of information comes from that. Like not just that it's gluten-free, but I could find and read like a ton of reviews about this restaurant from people about, you know, what their kind of um, issues were. Specifically, a lot of people were saying that they were celiac and had eaten at the restaurant and not had any problems. And that's really big for me, especially when I'm taking a leap, like trying a new hole in the wall Chinese food restaurant. Like there's a lot of trust that goes into, do you really know what gluten is and where it's hiding? And so to, to be able to read those kind of reviews and to also call ahead and talk to the manager and say, hey, I have a large party. A lot of us are gluten-free. Can you accommodate? And for them to be like, absolutely happy to have you, you know, it gives you a lot more comfort. Calling than- ahead is like the best strategy because you get within about 30 seconds you know whether or not they know what gluten-free is. Like, it's it's really obvious when people don't really know what gluten-free is. And when you say, can you accommodate gluten-free? Like, you know, a restaurant will either say yes or no, typically. Or they'll say, what would that mean? <laughs> and then you go, thank you, but no thank you, I'm going to go somewhere. And they're like, yeah, we won't give you anything with cheese. And you're like, um... <laughs> <laughs> Just a minute. Um... Yeah, no, calling ahead and especially when you compound, right? So for so for anybody who's sort of new to paleo listening in a, this is not our stereotypical podcast, um, this is what we call a check-in show where we just chit-chat about whatever random stuff. Um, but B, you know, most people within the paleo movement, um, after a period of time of sort of well, you can call it an elimination diet or super clean paleo eating, will then start to experiment and really find their um, lines that they can't cross. And so for Stacey and I, you know, we've been paleo for years and we've, you know, done enough experimenting, accidental exposure, um, (laughs) silly, silly choices, right? Like not all of it was necessarily carefully planned. Um, but through all of those experiences, we've both got lists of foods that are like our 
we never touch ever and gluten is on that for both of us. Um, and then the foods that like, if we have an occasional treat and we go out to eat in a restaurant, you know, once a month, this is, this is something that we can handle as long as it's not part of our, you know, daily or, or even weekly, you know, diet rotation. And so for me, um, you know, I do fine with a lot of different gluten-free grains as long as it's once in a while. Um, I do fine with uh, sort of legumes with edible pods, so like s- snow peas or green beans. I don't seem to do well with them if it's daily. Um, I can't do any dairy. I can't do any nightshades, and I can't do any any gluten. So like within that framework, I'm like, okay, so I have to call the restaurant and be like, hey, do you, do, can you can you do this? And usually it's as long as they can do gluten-free, like everything else is, is easy. If they can figure out how to do gluten-free, then they can figure out how to not put tomatoes on my plate um, or how to, you know, not use that seasoning mix, but instead use just salt and pepper. And so – it's usually, you know, but it usually requires that, you know, conversation and I have to know exactly what I can eat or can't eat. So if they say, oh, well, you can't have nightshades, what are those? I need to be able to give them a thorough enough list that they go, oh, okay. Um, and funnily enough, often when I say I can't eat nightshades, I still get nightshades on my plate. But um, then it's one of those things you say, oh, I'm sorry, you know potatoes are a nightshade. I'm, I'm not sure if I made that clear. And then, um, you know, every place I've ever been where that's happened, they've been super accommodating. Yeah. I just usually try to ask questions about what I'm ordering. And I know that there are certain things that are safe. I think we've mentioned before, like when all else fails, bunless burgers and salads are kind of a default. And then it's just a matter of making sure that you're not getting <clears throat> a dressing with something in it. That's going to, I actually really don't like salad dressing. So <laughs> I know that not most people, you just were like, welcome to paleo. And then you're like, I don't need salad dressing. I really dislike, I, you know, I've, I've have shared this on social media and I, there are more than one, there's more than one person out there who also doesn't like salad dressing. And, uh, for all of us who don't like dressings, yes, the world thinks we're weird, but we, we should band together and continue to not have salad dressing on our salads. But, my point with that is it makes ordering a you know sort of safe salad in a restaurant really easy because I can just be like, I don't need a dressing. And then they look at me like I'm weird, but it's fine. I prefer it without the dressing and I'm happy. And usually that's all the restaurant cares about anyways. Cool. So um I I got some some further really good news from about cold today. Matt went to pick up Wesley from school because we're walkers and kindergartners are not allowed to walk home by themselves. And when Matt went to the school to pick up Wesley, the music teacher knew that Wesley was Cole's brother and was waiting in the classroom to talk to Matt and pulled Matt aside to tell Matt that Cole is doing amazing in music, the best behaved kid in his whole class. And he had such a great day that she felt compelled to like come talk to him. And I totally cried when Matt told me that because that's definitely tear worthy. That's awesome. It's just like, like it's difficult to imagine for people that don't know what I'm talking about. Monica and link back to the shows that we've done about 
Cole's ADHD and how that was affecting his life in general, but specifically school. And um, so to, I just, I keep feeling like, and I think this is probably relatable to a lot of people, like the rug's going to kind of be pulled out from under us, like something's going to happen and it's just going to like not work anymore. And so to continue to get positive feedback is just like, I have no words for what that feels like as a parent to just know that your kid is like feeling and doing better. Like it's not just about he's doing good in music. Like he's doing good in music because he feels better. And that is like for the people who are struggling with sticking to paleo or sticking to whatever it is that you're trying to do. Let me just tell you that that feeling is worth every bit of struggle and frustration. And like the months and months that we had to go through the pain of, you know, reiterating, no, we don't play video games anymore every single day and the frustration that that caused. And then to finally be on the other side of it and to see all this positivity and the results is just like, I hope that everyone can take inspiration from not just the specific examples that I share, but from the idea that, you know, working for things that aren't necessarily easy or that aren't socially acceptable is a worthwhile effort because there's there's nothing greater there's just nothing greater than knowing that you know you your kid is is happy and healthy and doing well so I just had to share that little tidbit I have a lot of mom feels lately and I have just decided I'm gonna let them out um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see you be a little bit more mushy. I like it. I, I could get used to it. I think, I think hugs might be coming after this. Oh no, I'm not I in Canada. A, I think it's hug. a slippery slope to being a hugger is what I'm saying. <laughs> nope, it's not. <laughs> Only my kids, which is probably why I have strep because when he was sick, he was like wanting to snuggle and like all moms of 10 year old boys know this is not a usual occurrence. And so I was like, of course, come hug oh, me. Yeah. Give me all like, of your terms. Oh Do you have, I have this, this thing where I'm like, you know, when my kids really want you know, want something unusual like that, like want some unusual cuddle time. And, you know, my six-year-old still a very, very cuddly kid, but my almost nine-year-old, that just drives me crazy to have to say that. She's starting to get to that phase where she, you know, she's just, she's not as much. And so every time we get into those really cuddly, whatever it is, I'm like, maybe this is the last time, right? Like, it's just that little thing. Like I have to, I have to appreciate all of this. Yeah. I understand. And then, but if then, of course, if strep throat ensues, it's like, dang it. Yeah. I just don't get it because I was, I was snuggly with my mom even through high school. Like, I just, I don't know. And it's not necessarily boys and girls. I think it's more likely oh, to occur with there's boys. there's a personality thing. Yeah. But I think, I think it's, you know, like my, my middle son will probably forever hold my hand. Like, I don't think he'll ever get to a point where that's difficult. So we'll see. But anyway, I, I have spent everything that I have to spend with my voice. My, my cup of tea is gone. And I was going to say you lasted about three times longer than I thought you would last. So we should wrap this up so you can go to bed and look after yourself. And, uh, provided the universe doesn't throw any more curveballs at us, 
we will be back next week with our normally scheduled broadcast. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful week and had happy holidays. And we will be back next week. And hopefully uh, my lungs will be just ready to get on a soapbox and scream at you again. <laughs> yes. Everybody misses the soapboxes. Rants, rants are where it's at. That In- could be ha- that could be a hashtag. Instead, you got schmoopy mommy talk today, which is probably endearing once in a while, but would get really old really fast. Please From leave me. comments if you like the schmoopy mommy talk. If yeah, I I would be curious to know how many of you are like, yeah, we really don't want Stacy to rant and get on soapboxes and just listen to her be schmoopy about her kids. Like, I'm assuming that our 21 listeners would go down to about two if that's what ended up happening. <laughs> All right. Okay. So if you're listening and you have a strong opinion of, of you know, <laughs> schmoopy talk versus rants, please comment uh, on anywhere we share it, Facebook, Instagram, the show notes on our websites or iTunes, and we read all of it. So let us know. I'm just really crossing my fingers because if people say that they want me to be schmoopy, it's only going to cause me to be ranty. Like it's, it's going to be the opposite result. You are kind of a rebellious. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So everyone know reverse psychology works really, really well on Stacey. Yeah. When Matt wants me to do something, he's like, don't do whatever. (laughs) Does he really? Yeah. In like a sarcastic kind of way. Yeah, it's um, like it's like a hey, this is how ridiculous you're being, and so he'll say like you know exaggeratingly, he'll do that. It's a thing. That that is amazing. That's and I what hope- that's what 14 years of successful marriage will do for you. It just comes. Matt, down I to just want to say I would like witness that someday. <laughs> so just plan some for the next time we're all together, whenever that is, paleo effects or I don't know before that. Plan. I want to. I want to see that one in action. I'm gonna. I, I want to learn from the master. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite Paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Are you Sorry. ready for the sexy voice right here? Oh, that is a good voice. I know. I, I know you're you're really it's going to be difficult for you to even speak with me. I know. No, it's really distracting. Also, I um have the appearance of a really homely elderly person. <laughs> That's to go with your cane that we talked about last yeah, week, right? I'm, I'm just fulfilling all of those. Um, and I'm huddled over a hot cup of tea just to, just to put the cherry on that visual Sunday for you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.